Are you ready? Hey, what's up, everyone? How I got tonight is blam. What's up, everyone? And thanks so much for tuning in again and again and again to How I Got Tonightus. Whew, it has been a rugged past couple weeks for me. I'm not going to lie. I've been going through a lot of stuff. And uh, going to be going on vacation. So I'm going to do one more episode after this one. And then I'm going to take a little break. Uh, just to kind of reset and making sure I can put out the best podcast I possibly can for you guys. So, So yeah, we're wrapping up. Season one, I guess we can call it. And in a couple weeks, I'll be back with season two. How I got tonight is going to roll out some changes. A couple things have worked out. Pretty excited about some of the guests we have lined up. Got a genuine audiologist coming on the show. And uh, really stoked to do that interview and share it with y'all when it's ready. So today's episode is kind of a doozy. Uh, it is actually my very first sit-down interview for the show. And you know how they say, save the best for last. Well, Matthew, thanks for coming out and telling us all about where you think your tinnitus came from. Uh, we explore a whole heck of a lot of topics on the show, uh, talking to Matt, just how it's been for him. He's been living it for some time now. Another good friend of mine who I didn't realize had tinnitus until I started running my yap about it. And all of these people in my life started stepping up and saying, Hey, you know, I'm dealing with that too. How is it for you guys when when someone else chimes in and is like, hey, I've got tinnitus too. Does it make you feel better? I, I kind of feel like it's nice to know I'm not alone. And in sort of like a weird way, it's kind of like, oh, look, that person's doing okay. I I could do okay. You know, my tinnitus has been pretty loud lately, but... It's really not bugging me the same. And I'm coming up on just about a year now living with this heightened tinnitus. And what a contrast from the distress I was feeling back then. And I'm doing a whole lot better these days. I hope you guys are doing good. So, hmm, tinnitus trivia. Do we have anything? You know, have, have I been... Hitting it a little hard with the tinnitus trivia. You know, maybe, maybe I have been. But did you know that? No, I went down sort of a rabbit hole of looking into noise musicians that have come out and said that they have tinnitus. Just knowing what I know about the noise music world, I feel like a lot of people aren't going to talk about it. But... Amongst the many things that I've tried creatively in the past, um, I say tried because 
some of them just didn't stick. And one of those things was making noise music. I do still love ambient noise music. I love like some darker, moody, spacier stuff like uh, Steve Reich and Lust Mord and uh, like what else? I don't know. There's a bunch out there. There's this one person out there on the internet. They're kind of mysterious. Cementation anxiety. Ooh, I really love that stuff. It's just, it sounds a lot like a guitar just saturated in reverb. Anyway, I just love that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm sure I did some damage to my ears back in the day when I was making music like that because I was just assaulting my ears with these waves of sound and uh anyway I I didn't find anything that juicy though I did go into this whole thing looking up that band White House very piercing aggressive uh often regarded as like the founders of power electronics which is this whole style of like electronic noise music it's very intense and i watched a lot of live shows of just like ear splitting feedback and like two shirtless guys yelling and yeah it was it was pretty wild stuff to watch uh so when i wasn't too surprised to learn that tinnitus michael jira from swans swans is one of those bands that's like pretty famous for how loud they get and they're not a noise band but they're pretty noisy and um it's kind of interesting if you look at the swans catalog and you see how their sound has changed over the years i mean it still is very much swans music but it's not quite as loud as it used to be Anyway, uh, yeah, let's not waste too much time. We'll get to this interview with Matthew. Thanks so much, everyone who's been tuning in, reaching out, following us on Instagram, How I Got Tinnitus, and interacting with the page and the podcast. Of course, everyone who's been listening, following, rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcast, sharing it and telling stories. Uh, Really All we want to do is get the word out. So, you know, nothing too major here. Having some good conversations while we're at it. Hopefully we we figure out a way to have more fun with this. So, anyway, just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in. This is my interview with Matt. First interview of the show. Saving it for episode 11. Got one more episode next week before I go on vacation for a little while. And I'm excited to see y'all when I get back. So here it is, the interview with Matthew. So, um, I yeah, like the, the main things that I'm trying to ask people are... Like where and when and how do you think you got your tinnitus? Um, well, the first um, the first uh, real kind of uh, event that I can remember feeling like 
I had damaged my ears was uh, going to see the Pixies in Springfield at the Paramount in 99, I think. Um, I went with um, my friends. I uh, can't remember exactly who, who was with us, but I know that uh, my friend Mitch was there because the next... Uh, we, we were playing in a band uh, at the time together where we just got together and screwed around once a week for fun. And, um, and you know, we came away from that concert feeling like um, ringing, you know, hearing ringing. And I remember thinking the next day that I could still hear the ringing and I was a little bit worried and I thought, you know, that was really fun and I loved the feeling of, you know, being at a concert and, and feeling the sound in my bones, you know, and, and being having your whole body like vibrate, you know, and remember, you know, feeling like that was uh, such a, a cool like um, sensation. And then um, at some point during that show, I thought, I wonder if this is too much on my ears, you know, and cause you, you could actually, you know, feel the, the pain at some point. Um, and or I could, I could feel the pain in my ears at some point. And then, um, you know, I, I remember moving away from the stack, um, liking the feeling and yet knowing that I, I should probably move away from, um, you know, the speaker. So I, I, I did, but it was, you know, I, I definitely, uh, felt like I, I came away from that concert with, with some ringing. And then, um, there was only a, one other specific event that I feel like, um, contributed to it, which was around 2005, uh, we were living in DC and I got an ear infection. Um, and I, and it was kind of nagging and it was like a little, um, pain in my ear. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'll be fine, you know? And then the next day it was a little bit worse. And then I was like, I just don't want to deal with the doctor. Cause going to the doctor there was just a pain. It was just so complicated and time off from work and finding a place to park. And it was like, I didn't even really have a good, um, doctor, you know, so I had to like get a referral and all this stuff. So by the time I actually got into a doctor, it was, it, it had, uh, definitely got kind of, um, gone on a little long and he said he had to pierce my eardrum to, uh, uh, drain the fluid from the infection. And I was like, that sounds, you know, um, medieval, but, uh, I guess if that's what you, if that's what you do. And he's like, and he, this guy was, uh, he, he seemed like he was 100 years old. I mean, I was like, I looking back, I kind of wish I had gotten a second opinion or something, but again, it felt like a, like I had a situation that needed remedying like ASAP because yeah. it really hurt. Yeah. And I could tell it, it was, it was like having an infection and trapped in your head. So, um, I went with his recommendation and it was painful and it sounded really, really horrible. And, um, he said, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. It you was know. pain. It was painful when he pierced your eardrum. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it sounded horrific. What do you mean? Like the, like a the sound some... of your eardrum being pierced by a tiny pin, you know? Um, oh. I, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's hard to even like talk about it. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't like, I was screaming in pain, you know, cause it was a, a, a tiny, the tiniest of yeah. punctures. 
Um, but he put a, a small tube in to drain the fluid that was behind the, uh, eardrum. And, um, honestly, I've never researched this since, but I wonder if now there's like, you know, they do different things. Yeah, for that. What they do is something different. But I remember at the time, like having this cold and my ear hurt and I could tell that I had an ear infection before I went to see that doctor and Nicole was like what's the matter with you like just go to the doctor you know I was like yeah yeah I'll be fine you know and it was just so dumb it was so short-sighted and I I really um I've sort of forever kicked myself for not dealing with it sooner and so the the ringing in my in my right ear um uh, increased substantially after that and it's really never that's where he pierced your your eardrum yeah it was this ear and was um, the left side affected during the ear infection or it was just your right ear? it was was just the right ear okay yes i just i had like fluid on this this ear and um so that was a significant event in terms of uh tinnitus because from then on i i pretty much had ringing um permanent and I think I had it after the Pixies, but it was like, I just wouldn't notice it. I wouldn't think about it. Yeah. And, and you know, and I always, I've always had that thing where you get that weird pressure change thing and all of a sudden there's like an increased ringing in one ear. I don't know if you experienced this, but yeah, like, the, every, um, yeah. so it's like all of a sudden something kicks in and it's, it's like where it somebody, suddenly sounds like someone just turned a TV on, like yeah. right next to your head, or something. yeah, like there's a tinnitus volume is normally three, and then somebody just cranked it to six, and I'm like, what's going on there? Yeah. And um, that does not happen to me very often. It still does happen, but um, you know that's you know, and then it, this is just going to be like a <laughs> a list of all the mistakes I've made in my life because I went and you know played in this in this band and you know I used to I play drums and I hit the drums really hard and um I loved the sound of that and I loved you know again the feeling of you know that that loudness on my body and and the the you know guitar players and bass players that I played with would have to turn up because I was hitting the drums so loud and we were in a small room and I was right next to the amp and and you know it was so dumb, and, and it's so. But but when you were that young or, or dumb or whatever, you, you, nothing could have convinced you otherwise. You might have even argued with someone that that's what you needed to do. I remember seeing people in the concert putting earplugs in, and I'm like, "What a fucking dork!" At at, your, at like your show or like no, when like you, at, you were at next to me. Show? You know, I was in the I was in the audience. Yeah, yeah. And I'd see people like putting earplugs in, and it was like. It was like seeing someone who, um, you know, it was like they were saying, like, you know, I uh, I need to go to bed by nine o'clock. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, come on, you know, like have some fun, you know. Yeah. And so I think you're right. I don't I don't think I could have been convinced um, if someone if someone had given me a preview of what my head would sound like at age fifty three, um, you know, maybe I would have, but. It was, uh, I don't feel like there was much talk about it, you know? Yeah. Like there wasn't, it wasn't like your parents were like, you know, wear your seatbelt. And they didn't say like wear ear protection at the concert. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, I remember my my mom made me wear earplugs at a, like a monster truck show when I was a kid. And um, that same 
set of earplugs sat around the house almost as like this weird sacred relic that reminded me of that time. But I, I, I kind of just associated it with monster truck rallies. And I, I told myself as long as I wasn't at a monster truck rally, I would be fine. Which would definitely be loud. Yeah. I think it's but. kind of funny that for like such a, you, you know, the kind of audience you might readily associate with attendees of a monster truck rally, the hearing protection seems to be like a pretty ubiquitous thing there. Like almost any does it. Yeah, almost any time you see photos of a monster truck rally, you see people in the audience with over ears or, or the big pieces of foam sticking out of wow. their ears. I feel like in the concerts, like, you know, I felt like it was like, it was like ordering sugar-free ice cream or something. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The whole reason I'm going to this concert is to, you know, feel this music and and. You know, I remember being like at shows like that and you're a little high and like you're just, it's washing over you or, or like a wave, you know, and, or it's almost through you and it's such an amazing feeling. And I still look back on it and with, you know, a lot of, you know, happy memories and a lot of fondness. But when I think about my ears, you know, it makes me pretty bummed out because, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I mean, then again, it's it's gotten worse in the last couple of years and... You know, I yeah, haven't, I haven't done a lot of research about that, but you know, it definitely crossed my mind that you know, uh, post-vaccine, maybe. Yeah, but know. I mean, and a bunch of stuff. You you guys lived in D.C. Did you did you see you saw the Pixies in Springfield? But were you you lived in D.C. after you saw the Pixies and saw many shows, in right? DC. And you saw tons of shows. And um, a thing that I've been aware of, especially since my tonight's got really loud, is um, like I can't even sometimes walk downtown if there's construction going on because I, I don't want to look like that maniac covering my ears. <laughs> but air brakes from a passing truck, but in a big city using the public transit, the subways. And I remember the first time I went to DC, I, it was the first time I rode a subway. And we were standing there in this big tiled tunnel and that train came screaming in. And yeah. even then when I was 17 or something in a really loud band, our band was on tour. Oh, wow. I, I was like, that's really freaking loud. I still, the, my, one of the big main memories I have from that visit to DC was the loudness of the subway train. Yeah, it's funny because I think that the city vol volume of stuff in the city, we, we sort of like emergency vehicles going by all the time, motorcades yeah. all the time, sirens blaring, you know, and I was right up close to a lot of that stuff because of my job. And like, there was always a lot of, um, you know, I was at events where there was like PAs and, you know, uh, we were always right in front of the stage and, um, you know, you're, you're constantly near, um, you know, screaming crowds and amplified speakers and they blast music prior to the events, you know, so many things. And a lot of those events, they don't really have, I mean, maybe some of the events with of the caliber that you were working at, but a lot of those events where it's not really like a sound specific event, they don't have real audio technicians. They have someone who got a PA and they just crank it yeah. and it's just as loud they're as not possible. taking care yeah yeah you know? yeah because <clears throat> there's like a subtle art that i still don't understand about 
getting everyone to hear everything without it being loud. I wish I understood that before, but I used to just. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's just, I don't know. I, I didn't think about it. I don't think most people were thinking about it. And, you know, I certainly wish I had, because I guess what crossed my mind is that, you know, I had these events that we talked about with the ear infection and the pixies and probably, I'm sure, and I don't mean to blame it just on the pixies, but that was the, that was the one that stood out to me because I'm sure there were plenty of other shows, you know, I went to see. Well, I, I, I just think about like the beginning to, um, debaser playing <laughs> and that, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's pretty piercing. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, the tones. So um, you had never experienced it, but like it, a lot of people have ringing once or twice. They kind of joke about it. Oh, that show was so loud last night. But you had you? Can you remember ever experiencing it before that Pixie show? Even just in a passing way. Uh, nothing specific comes to mind. I I do. Um, I, you know, I had certainly been to concerts before then and I'd never worn ear protection. So, um, I'm sure I experienced it. Um, but that was the one where I remember it lingering. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I wonder if I just did some permanent damage. And I'm guessing based on the story you already told about your ear infection, you didn't go see... No. A doctor, you didn't get your hearing checked out or anything like that. No, it didn't seem like, um, you know, I was, it wasn't like I was having trouble hearing the next day or something like that. I just noticed the the ringing had, had sort of stuck around. And I guess I had experienced it before in terms of like, wow, that was a loud show and you leave the show and, you're, and your ears are ringing. And people, like you said, people joke about that and it's almost like a badge of honor or something. And, um, you know, I guess I had experienced that, you know. Um, but that that one show, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was definitely one of the loudest shows I ever saw. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and thinking back, you know, it kind of makes me angry because I feel like it's irresponsible to you know, uh, to do that. I mean, I went to see Dinosaur Jr. not that long ago at 10 Forward. And, um, you know, by that time I knew enough to play like, okay, I'm definitely wearing earplugs to this show. Cause I knew he was kind of notorious or they yeah, were yeah. kind of notorious for playing loud. And it was a super small uh, venue and it wasn't like, um, you know, irresponsibly loud or anything, but I definitely was grateful for the, uh, hearing protection. Um, I I know some people who said they saw that show and they were they they came up to me and they're like, if you guys think you're loud, they're <laughs> super loud. But I mean, I don't. I, I've read a ton into Dinosaur Junior because I remember around the time a bunch of people were yelling at me about how loud we were. <laughs> I would tell myself, oh, you know, Dinosaur Jr.'s from the same area. They were super loud. Jay had said in some interview, like, uh, the clubs didn't like us because we were too loud. We kept getting kicked out of all the clubs. And I was like, well, if it worked for them, it can work for us. <laughs> and I was, like, kind of proud of that. But also, I've I've read, like, tons of stories, and I don't, you know... I've heard that he showed up to their first, their very first practice with earplugs and over ear muffs, 
And he has this notorious setup where he has like three Marshall full stacks. I've always wondered if he wore hearing protection for himself and all those years that he played. Cause I mean, he's gone, but it's, I've never seen him live, and but I've only heard about how they're one of the loudest things ever. I know yeah. that Lou Barlow has said in multiple interviews and he has a couple tweets about his tinnitus. He definitely has it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine... Even at the highest decibel attenuation you can get with the best hearing protection, you might be able to get a 40 decibel reduction. And dinosaur is probably pushing 120. Yeah. And so even with that, the best case scenario hearing protection, he's still right on the cusp of damaging levels of volume. And so multiply that times like 30 or however many years they've been playing around he's he's gotta have some degree gotta be gotta be but some people don't seem as bothered which was kind of like the surprising part of when i started running my mouth about how (laughs) i had tinnitus and it was like ending my life and i started running into so many people who are like oh yeah that i've got that (laughs) like you know i was i was talking about it at uh, someone's birthday party recently at a super loud bar and we were like i had my earplugs in and he's like why are you wearing earplugs i'm like well i got this ringing in my ears <laughs> and he's like oh you got that too i just play music to drown it out yeah and he didn't have any earplugs in and it's kind of funny people don't they can't they either obsess over it like i do or they don't i mean i can see I can see getting easily obsessed over it, especially when it first comes on, because I feel like that's, um, you know, if you, uh, if, if you, you know, if you think about it, you hear it all the time. Of course, I'm hearing it right now, loud and clear, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I feel a little bad about needing a quiet space to record my podcast. Right, because, like, you know, I, I, I mostly, you know, hear it, like, at night if, like, I'm watching a show and... Um, you know, uh, just listening to just dialogue, um, I, I notice it for oh, yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot. And, um, you know, when I sleep, I put in my AirPod on one ear and I listen to some talky um, podcast at a low volume to basically I, it keeps my attention just enough. So I drift off to sleep and I set a sleep timer. So I'm like, but it is partly because I don't want to listen to tinnitus. Wow. Cause I'm just laying in a, you know, we have white noise in our bedroom at night, but, um, you know, it's like, I, I, I would just lay there and listen to my ears ring and think about, you know, the taxes that I need to file or something, you know, it's like stuff that would keep me up, you know? And so the, the like the tinnitus, it like kind of work kicks into gear that you should be worrying about something. Is that what you're I don't saying? think so. I think it's two separate issues. Cause I, I feel like I just have, um, I'm likely to, uh, if I'm having trouble sleeping, it's like, I'll, I'll have these anxious thoughts about whatever, things that are troubling me and you know it's usually something related to my business and like um am i going to make enough money am i did i withhold enough or did i pay enough quarterly taxes or whatever you know um like all all that kind of stuff and i 
and I feel like when I'm just laying there uh, alone with my thoughts, um, I also, it's not helpful that it's when the tinnitus is loudest, you know? And so the, the earplugs or not earplugs, but, and the little AirPod, honestly, those things have changed my life because in terms of sleep, because I can, that's kind of a separate issue from tinnitus, but I, it helps me get to sleep and I, you know, I wake up fairly frequently and I, and I rewind and play and set the timer again for 15 minutes. And I, and that talking, it's, it has to be something that doesn't spike in volume ever. Mm -hmm. It's like people talking like, like you and I are right now. In fact, that's why (laughs) I'm listening, partly why I'm listening to so many podcasts and there's certain ones that are really great for, for sleep, but, um, you know, yeah, that I mean, that's totally why I got obsessed with podcasts because I started to get scared of of the spikes in music and having listened to mostly aggressive rock music for so long, I was like, uh, okay, that's out. But what's kind of funny is uh, when I'm in the car, podcasts aren't always as compressed as say rock music is so sometimes if you're driving down the road and i have all weather tires on my car so that kind of makes the ambient volume of my the interior of my car pretty loud right and then i have to crank up a podcast just enough so that if someone says like a an S sound just right or they laugh or clap next to the microphone Oh my God, it can be, it can be pretty. So when that happens, are you experiencing like an increase in tinnitus or is it like discomfort or both? I think in my case, most of what it comes from is just this hyper vigilance, this hyper awareness of how, how now I know that my ears are sensitive and my tinnitus is quite loud. We've sort of talked back and forth about our perceived volume but I, I mine's like a six mm. and um out of a 10 and like it's pretty rip roaring loud right now so i i just try to do whatever i can to avoid that getting worse i mean a big part of it is having that extra anxiety that i i think that feeds into the tinnitus itself being perceived as louder um, I don't know for sure, but I might fall in the category of tinnitus sufferers who have hyperacusis, which is the sensitivity to loud noises. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you always feel sure. that way? I mean, you remembered the DC trip. Maybe, maybe you always had a well, little bit of that. I actually, I always, uh, I was I was kind of like an earplugs person. I'm I'm looking around. I brought up all my gear from my bedroom at home in Texas not too long ago, like all my music gear. And I found in it a jar of Tylenol that I have right here that I used to take after every show. (laughs) Classic traveling uh, Tylenol tube. But uh, I also had earplugs and I would wear earplugs for if I was just an attendee at a show, I would always wear earplugs. And then sometimes I would take them out for the headliner because yeah. I was like, I paid money to see Deftones. <laughs> I'm going to hear Deftones. Yeah. Uh, I do remember one exception was when I went to see Pantera, who I was super excited to see. They were so loud. I thought my chest was going to cave in. Oh, it was 
so yeah. so loud. That was easily one of the louder things I've ever seen. But um, yeah, I I was really uh, into protecting my ears. I was kind of hyper aware of it. I knew that you could damage your ears, but as far as I knew, the worst that would happen is that your hearing would go away, which as a youngster, I was like, okay with that for some reason. Of course, <laughs> I wouldn't feel that way now, but I thought the idea of sound going away wasn't as bad as Interesting. as it would end up being. Because really what happens is in the case of loud noise exposure induced tinnitus, you're your brain is trying to replace that sound that you can't hear anymore, right? So, um, I, I really, um, it, well, one thing what I wanted to say, and, and uh, just because I keep thinking about it when you talk about playing music, I love that you that you guys at Rebel Bass, um, you know, handed out, um, you know, or had had hearing protection, uh, you know, available at the shows, and that was the first. That was really the only show I can ever remember seeing where, you know, that was available, made available by the band. And, you know, and it's funny because I feel like you, you, you don't think about it until someone else is putting in ear, earplugs or someone else is handing them out. And I remember you used to come around and be like, you're going to want these. Maybe if that had happened more when I was in my 20s, I would have thought about it more. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. But the, I feel like it's it's like an extension of that sort of dumb. What's the word? You feel like you're immortal when you're, dude. Totally. I mean, twenties. You know. I mean, even though I passed out earplugs, often. Um, I mean, there not just having earplugs is important. Understanding when they're properly inserted is pretty important. Yeah. And I didn't even understand that. So I would kind of do this cursor, like this cursory stuff. Yeah. The phone would go in there, and then when we would start playing, I'd start pouring sweat, and I'd start doing that thing where I shook my head like yeah. a blender, and they would just fly out almost every show. Yeah. My earplugs would just fly out, and I I do remember we had this one song that had this real heavy outro, and it was real instrumental, and I would always try to up the ante by headbanging so hard that I wanted people to be like worried about me. And I think often they were. And I do remember this one occasion that I think was one of the last shows we ever played. And honestly, sometimes I reflect on that gig as maybe being the one where I really, 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 really did some damage. And I was headbanging. And earlier you were describing that, that sound, the, the, the sensation of having the sound wash over you and you describe this like washing feeling from what I understand what happens when you flood your ears with all of that sound is there's this hormone or there's this fluid that's released in your inner ear and it's that overexposure to that fluid to mm. those little hair cells um, in your ear that causes a great deal of damage but I, I also know. think the listener gets a weird sort of rush from that feeling. You're, it's it's like Molly for your ears or something. Yeah, I mean, I remember feeling the what I now understand is my ears being damaged. Yeah, I remember feeling it at the time, and it was a strange sensation. And it wasn't like someone's like stabbing you or something. It wasn't like that because I feel like if that if it felt like that people would probably run out of the room, you know? 
and maybe it's maybe it, it's uh, too bad that it doesn't you know hurt more. It doesn't um, hurt. Yeah. Well, the threshold of pain is something at like 140 decibels, which we've all at one point gone. Ow, that's loud. But right. but yeah, just short of so that, 140. So what's it? What's like a loud band? It's like oh, I, I mean the Who when they were in the Guinness Book of World Records, I think they registered at like 126 decibels. But that's another thing that I don't think a lot of people fully understand is that um, it, it, I, I used to look at those charts of the pers- what, what different volumes were, and I would just try to reassure myself without gaining a full understanding of what loud really was. Yeah. I would say, now, if a motorcycle came into the middle of the room during a rebel bass show, would you hear rebel bass or the motorcycle? And I would always tell myself, oh, the motorcycle. Well, the motorcycle here on the chart reads at 90 decibels. So we're certainly not louder than 90 decibels. But now that I think of it, rebel bass probably still would have drowned out the motorcycle. And we would have I, competed. Yeah, we would have been competing for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I would guess that we were pushing... 110, 120 decibels. Yeah. You know, we were we were loud. You weren't my buddy Valentine, but another band. Those guys actually did pass out uh, ear protection. Oh, did and, they? Yeah, and there's members of that band that have gone on the record to say that they have tinnitus. They also they developed must. a weird um, talk about feeling the music. They developed this sub bass technology because they really wanted to emphasize this low end that they had in their sound and they yeah. really wanted people to feel it um i only heard the legend i never saw um you know i am uh, like i said the pixies uh, were the loudest and and you know i certainly saw other loud shows i think you know i remember wandering up close to the to the speakers and partly because i liked that feeling it was wasn't the feeling i like the feeling in my ears i like the feeling in my chest yeah you know and um but i remember every time thinking okay this is probably like dumb you know and then you'd look around and like the the bouncers and and security would be wearing earplugs and i'm thinking like oh yeah that's probably they probably are smart to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But again, I, like while you're there, you see other people who don't have it and you're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent so much time when I was a kid looking at pictures of rock stars on stage and you never see them with ear protection. You might see them with in-ear monitors and that's a whole other thing. And what's crazy is that doctor, What prompted your visit to the to the hearing doctor, to the audiologist, this, this most recent visit. Just, no, just noticing the, the change, you know, like it was, it was, it was kind of like, um, if mine, if my, uh, tinnitus like volume level, it was a three, it went to a five, you know, and it was a significant. Is it a five right now? Um, you know, I guess right now, yeah, like, you know, like I, cause, you know, because it's weird. It's like you, you don't think about it sometimes and, and therefore you don't hear it. So like yeah. if I'm listening to a, a song that I really love or a podcast that I'm really into, I do not think about it. Yeah. And it's almost like it doesn't exist. And, um, and then, you know, the, if there's a lull or, or 
quiet in the in the show or or my mind wanders um i can hear loud and clear and, yeah. and it seems really loud but you know the other night i was just thinking like well i was talking to nicole about it and i was and i was like trying to remember that you know i do not you know i i am um i can hear and i am really really grateful for that and you know i can have a conversation even in a loud you know restaurant or bar um with her which is what we were doing at the time when we were talking about it and i was like you know i'm really super grateful for the ability to to hear because it really makes you think you know like when i'm when i kind of listen to nothing but the tinnitus which i tr really try never to do you know i'm always trying to to layer over it with something you know yeah. um but you know when you when you kind of think about it and you listen to it 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 sort of feels like if this got much worse i i would really have a hard time yeah yeah you know, post covid um increase in because i mean everybody's stress level yeah when, when i went to the, my audiologist and they told me that my hearing was fine which was frustrating because i remember it was like me you're hearing me is fine me. like I, I could just hear the squealing over it and i was like it's not fine uh, it suck too listening to those tones. Like, oh yeah, when they put me in the soundproof booth for the hearing test, I thought I was gonna lose it. Yeah, they it was put like me in the sound. They close the door. They're like, okay, and all I could hear was, <laughs> and then I had to I'm hear sorry the, to laugh, the but I remember thinking the same thing. Yeah, it was so brutal. I, I I remember I had to listen to the tones that sounded like my tinnitus in the middle of my tinnitus it was like pouring a glass of water into a swimming pool yeah yeah but i uh like i've done with so many medical professionals over the past eight months since my tinnitus got louder i started like grilling them with all these questions and that audiologist told me that they'd seen an almost 200 percent uptick oh my in God. tinnitus patients and i mean Part of me starting this podcast is just joining that there's this rising tide of tinnitus awareness. And I think there's a lot of things in this post-COVID world, as you called it, that are contributing to this increased awareness. I think one of the biggest things was that disruption of our daily activities mm -hmm. and those distracting things. Even if we had tinnitus in late 2019, we were able to comfort ourselves like, oh, okay, yeah, this might be annoying, but at least there's, I've got a job and, and there's restaurants to go to and <laughs> stuff like that. And we, it, we were able to just like bury it in the back of our mind and then stick us in our houses for six, eight weeks, six months, two years, whatever it's yeah. been. And, and all we do, like you described that scene perfectly of you being stuck in your house with your family. And the only time where you felt like you had time to yourself was kind of stressed out on your porch <laughs> smoking and drinking. Yeah, and yeah. you were definitely not alone in that. I mean, yeah, for, I mean, 2020 was pretty fucking swell for me but yeah. 2021 was not so <laughs> it's interesting too because 2021 was like supposed to be this great relief you know like it was a, it was like life was coming back and it really really was like you know 
it didn't it didn't feel that way at all and, yeah, and it was it more was, of a terrible come down from the the weird manic highs of my yeah yeah 2020 i i everyone's on social media talking about how scared and and depressed and alone they were feeling and i was like welcome to my world <laughs> you know so i i felt i felt pretty comforted uh having that sort of uh, company but then 2021 yeah, that's so good. I feel like 2021 was the real grind of it, you know, like because everybody thought that it was ending and um, we we're gonna get back to normal, but it turns out you you had to ride out more, and we're still kind of there in a way, you know, and um, even though it's uh, 2022, I I feel like you know initially um, it was such a trip. And, you know, I felt really grateful, you know, even though, you know, we lost my father-in-law, which was brutal as a family unit, you know, I felt like we did pretty well and we were really lucky in a lot of ways because, you know, we didn't have little, little kids and, you know, um, you know, Nicole was able to work from home successfully and I was able to collect unemployment and, you know, cook and clean and, you know, shop and do all that stuff. And it was, it, was, it fulfilled my dream of being able to be a stay at home dad or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved, I, I had such a good excuse to just cook all the time. Yeah. I wore an apron 24 seven. That felt great. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't, um, and this is, this is sort of, um, off topic, but like my, um, my cook, my initial response to COVID and being home all the time was like, I started cooking and I, and I got into it, but then I kind of got tired of it. And I just was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it was like the night after night cooking for your family, you know, yeah. was like this huge, um, you know, sort of burden. And, and I remember joking about it on social media with friends, like I got to cook another meal tonight and then clean up afterwards. Like, really? Like, yeah, can I just, yeah. cause remember there was not many options uh, for, for takeout and, you know, most places were closed and all that. But eventually in, in this past uh, winter and in spring, um, I started getting into cooking again. <laughs> I was like, you know, like I, in a way that I never have before, you know, in, in my life and getting into like subscribing to like YouTube, you know, cooks and chefs on YouTube and uh, like watching yeah, stuff yeah. and it's been super fun, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was like delayed. I, you know, and I think the, the, in a lot of ways it, it made people stronger and in, in, it, it forced you to deal with some stuff, you know? Um, and I think there, there's definitely benefits and all that, but I feel like it just kind of shook, shook up the whole like snow globe and you know, yeah. it still hasn't. I mean, in my case, and I, I see a lot of things relative to my tinnitus, right? But, uh, I, I think 2020 was, at least for me, it ended up being the sort of great and terrible correction where I needed to fix a lot of things that were not seated well mm. in my life. And, you know, may, maybe my tinnitus was rip-roaring loud at the whole start of it, and I only 
sort of noticed it in the eye of the storm, which for me was June 2021. Um, but it, it's been uh, quite the journey trying to step, keep stepping forward, especially now that I have this this thing going on in my ears. Though, and and I, this will be like the start of me trying to wrap us up, but the 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 sort of good i see in it is that um i was able to take stock of things and take a closer look at what was actually going on in my life and on the surface level that's wearing hearing sorry hearing protection um doing weird things like i do sound therapy and uh you know, the tinnitus masking using like white noise when I go to sleep. I also started meditating and uh, being like a little more mindful and stuff like that. And so I was, I, the only other main question I had going into the sit down with you was asking you how it's affected you over the years. And if you've noticed that you've made any adaptations to your lifestyle to like accommodate it. It sounds like you you have the earbud thing and it sounds like you do have this kind of personal timeline going, which I think is a really important part of people understanding their tinnitus. But yeah. did you ever experience like a great period of distress related to your tinnitus? And if so, like how did you deal with it? I didn't have a, a great period of distress. I, I remember... I remember, I know, and I do, I do feel, um, lucky though, though, you know, I definitely, um, notice it. I don't know if I notice it more or it's gotten worse, but since I went to the audiologist, which was probably a year ago, um, you know, uh, it might've been right around, uh, last June, which, you know, I didn't realize at the time that uh -huh. you were, you were kind of coming into this, but, um, you know, uh, there's just been moments, uh, over the last a year, especially when I'm just sitting there l listening to it, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is really what I'm going to hear for the rest of my life. Same, same. And, um, you know, it's hard not to, um, feel really depressed about that. And, and, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, how my like life has changed. What's interesting to me is that I don't, I really didn't think about some of this stuff until literally just now in this conversation, because what I did in, um, to sort of, uh, deal with the tinnitus could potentially have made it worse. You know, like I was wearing headphones all the time. Like I would, this is a super dumb one, but when I mow the lawn, I would put in my headphones and then crank the volume, you know, all the way so, up because, yeah. so I, I mean, I would, I, yeah, 2020, I would go on these techno walks and I'd put on <laughs> techno and I'd just be happy as shit. I'd go on this two hour walk just yeah. with techno bumping yeah. and, uh, May, 2021, just before the, I, the whole spike for me, uh, I remember I was detailing a car listening to a podcast and like I was saying, the volume in a podcast can sometimes really pop when yeah. someone's laughing or something. And I'm vacuuming a car for three hours 
with a podcast competing with that volume, something I would never do now. I'd, I mean, even if I do put headphones on, which is pretty rare, I put earplugs on underneath my headphones. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know. You know, and I, I wonder, like, if you have tinnitus and you, um, you know, are listening to music and you're mowing the lawn, like, that's a pretty loud combo. I mean, the the ear the the AirPods are blocking the sound to a certain extent. To a of, certain extent, but you're also putting a speaker in yeah. your ear canal. Yeah. So I have some thoughts about earbuds, but I, I try not to sound judgmental. I mean, I never use. I never use the kind that stick in your ear because oh, oh, um, the AirPods are the kind that kind of sit on your ear, like sit here. Oh, okay. Like um, like the original Apple, uh, you know, headphones. They don't. Uh, they make the kind that have that little rubbery thing that like, you know, you, you actually fit into the ear canal and those are called like noise canceling or noise reduction or whatever. Cause it blocks out the outer sound. The outer sound so you don't have but, to turn it up to compete. But I never liked yeah. that style because I like to be able to hear other sounds. So if I, if I'm listening to a podcast and I'm doing the dishes and my kid starts calling me, I'll actually hear them or and this is how I really kind of got into this style or chose this style was I would always run and I'd run with the headphones and having music um, or a podcast uh, while I was running was crucial because I otherwise I found it definitely just boring yeah, as hell. Super boring. Yeah. So, um, but if I had the kind that stick in your ear canal, you couldn't hear traffic as well. And I would run, part of the run would always be on the road. I would often run in the woods, but a good chunk of it would always be on the road. But I wanted to be able to hear um, cars because, you know, people are always looking at their phones when they're driving, you know. Right, right. So anyway. Defensive um, running. But, you know, I, I think um, over the last uh year or two i've probably increased the volume of things that i'm you know putting in my ear because of the tinnitus and and you know literally never occurred to me oh you might actually be making it worse yeah i mean i i, I knew i had tinnitus and my mom got me this bluetooth earpiece that i used to have conversations while i was doing chores around the house which is like one of my favorite things i i, I haven't put that thing even near my face and but i guess what i'm wondering is like how can that be loud enough to to make make it worse when you're not going to a concert it's just a bluetooth you know? yeah yeah well it might not be it could i i i've never stuck my audio my decibel reader app inside my ear canal but you know you are you do have a small speaker in less than an inch away in a narrow <laughs> tunnel leading to your eardrum so I mean, if you're talking, if if you have no tinnitus and no hearing loss and you've worked a quiet desk job your whole life, you're probably in good shape if you are. And you don't need to rise the volume yeah, because you yeah. have such good hearing. Yeah, already. yeah. I mean, you're probably in good shape. I, I talk about memories with earplugs and like when I was talking about how I grew up being aware of loud sounds. I remember distinctly me and my stepbrother when he got his first disc man and we would do that classic thing where you, he has one earbud yeah. in his ear and I had the other, he would always want to turn it up to 10 
and I it hurt me. And I, I my ideal volume was six, oh, wow. which is what most uh, most doctors and hearing professionals will tell you. They call it the sixty percent rule, and they uh. encourage you to play your audio devices at around sixty percent of their maximum volume in order to d- protect your hearing. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of things out now. There's like bone conduction earphones. I don't know if you've heard about those where they they don't go in your ear. I have, yeah. And I also think that if you want to continue this lifestyle of having sound at your ear level, maybe considering the, you know, over ears I think are, are a little safer um, or just, yeah, being aware I, I, I'm too scared. We started out when we sat down, we were talking about Call of Duty. One of my favorite things early on when I started playing Call of Duty was sticking that thing in my ear. Yeah. As a rule, I, a guy with a six to sometimes an eight out of 10 tinnitus in his ear, I just don't stick anything in my ear. Yeah. And I'm a little hypervigilant about it, but you know, uh, I, I think that's a good way to make sure it doesn't get worse. I mean, you know, some people, there there are a couple musicians I follow really closely, and I've I've read in in the interviews that I've kind of like dragged up from the bottom of the internet ocean, (laughs) hoping for evidence that the people that I looked up to musically my whole life also are dealing with what I'm dealing with. And I know some of them still to this day play shows without hearing protection. Lemmy. Uh, Motorhead was was known as one of the loudest bands on the planet, yeah. and he reportedly never wore hearing <laughs> protection. I don't know how true that is, but yeah. but if you look at pictures of Lemmy, you never see him with. And given all that we know about his personality, it doesn't seem like something you do. So yeah, like that would be a, an off brand. Yeah, right. You know? So I I don't like there was a a Lemmy documentary, and uh, people who worked on the film said they got tinnitus just from being. around motorhead that much so um you know i i think it's all just kind of relative and it uh, sounds like you you kind of always had sensitive ears yeah i I mean mean, i i've i've always been like kind of super sensitive about my body and what's happening to it even as i live a reckless life i mean i'm i'm always the guy who's like Guys, getting slammed and drunk like this is great, but at some point we're going to need to eat a well-balanced meal, you know, and everyone's like, I don't eat when I'm drinking because I don't get as fucked up, you know, and I'm like, I like getting drunk, but, you know, a sandwich yeah. with some lettuce on it or something, you know, so, so yeah, I it's sometimes that's kind of, that's part of the, the brutal truth of, my deal with my tinnitus is I know I did a lot of the damage uh, yeah. listening to the music that I've made in the past. Um, and and even working on the show, I, I was like trying to scrounge up a theme song, you know, or or some music to put on the show. And I was like, well, I've made hundreds and hundreds of hours of music. I should have some. And I'm pulling it all up and it's all just like, <laughs> like it's totally blown out. <laughs> I mean, I think that had to do a lot with, 
you know, my youthful ignorance and, and to a certain degree, my being like fucked up for a lot of my music making years. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, that's kind of the shitty part. But like I said, it, a, a lot of my dealing with my tinnitus has been me like kind of hitting the brakes a little on my previously fast paced lifestyle and kind of making some changes to Im improve how I deal with it. I mean, it wouldn't be, it w even if this wasn't happening, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone, you know, uh, your age to sort of start reconsidering some of the, yeah, the things, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like kind of, it kind of happens automatically to a certain extent. I, I feel like most of the time and I, and I feel like, you know, some people, they don't, kind of uh take stock and and think about that and you know that that's you know it's it's in order to sort of continue and and stay healthy and you know live a long life you know you kind of have to do yeah, that yeah. but you know it's a bummer that it's you know so significant it it is a bummer and like you were saying earlier like sometimes i'll just sit there and think like oh fuck i gotta hear this for the rest of my life this sucks and 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 you know that's exactly why i'm i'm doing this yeah why i'm trying to talk to people who have it and i'm trying to like get it out there even if three people hear it really at this point if i can convince anyone to wear hearing protection if i if, if anything i do improves someone's chances of not getting tinnitus that's a win because yeah. even though i'm doing a lot better now when i first got it it was it was dork it got real <laughs> it got nasty and um and, and that's why i'm, I'm it's kind of cool for me to hear you say that you never really were greatly distressed by it because that's actually kind of like those are part of the "Quote unquote success stories that I've heard over the past couple months that make me realize, like, oh, it's it's not all bad. I, I uh, there are if you go on the internet and you start googling tinnitus, you're gonna find some real sad stories online, and I think it's important. I mean, to, any medical condition you can." increase your own anxiety and and doom and gloom if you go on the internet right but right, right. yeah like you know i mean and you know i do worry that it's it's getting worse and, and it's going to keep getting worse and you know if um because i'm not taking the care that that you are and and you know i'm thinking about it more definitely i'm i'm you know I, i'm not crank i used to crank that was the other thing and i know we're trying to wrap up but like i used to drive around the car and blast music. Dude, I loved. Same. I loved it so much. I re I remember. Uh, I I think about this one a lot. Uh, this girl broke up with me, and I was it, I dropped her off for the night. She broke up with me as I was dropping her off, and uh, as I left, I rolled all the windows down, and I was listening to this weekend song, <laughs> and I. I fucking rolled the volume knob and saw the it has a little digital display and it goes maximum volume and and I cruised away with like I don't know like I can't feel my face like just like rattling things in my car and 
I, I played that for as long as I could to like make a point that I was like upset. And yeah. then as soon as I got, you know, out of earshot, I, I like turned it way down. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I used to do the same thing. And I, I even play back this memory of me listening to this one there's this hardcore band and they had this song that started out with this screeching feedback. I'll play it for you in a minute just to see what kind of insanity we're talking about. And I was a bit young and this is like 2014 or something. I remember listening to the record in my car and that feedback would like hurt me. Mm. And one day, I don't know, I was like smoking a joint or something. And I was like, you know, if they put this out, this on the album, like, and I listen to the rest of the album at this volume, I should be able to listen to this feedback at this volume. I remember sitting there in my car, like turning it up during the painful feedback and trying to be like, you should be like, able to muscle this. through it. Yeah, but it was terrible. I'm pretty sure I did some damage that day. So. So, you know, like, I, I think a lot of what I'm trying to do here is not just hear people's stories because I'm genuinely interested to try to, like, piece some picture together. Um, I want other people to hear other people's stories like yours. Like, you've been dealing with it for over 20 years at this point. Yeah. You're, you're sitting here smiling. Yours is a five. I'm younger than you and mine's a six. So, you know, the, uh, something in that, like, makes me feel a little better. And, um, you know, if, if if someone hears something in this and they're like, oh, that's not so bad, or these guys are so dumb, I'm never going <laughs> to do that. Like, all the better. I really just hope that people who hear these stories are able to use it to put some distance between them and the distress of having tinnitus. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the other thing is like, rather than, you know, going like society, as far as society is concerned, but like, I feel like we have to put it on the people who run like movie theaters and put on rock shows. And like, it's like, Hey y'all, you know, this is potentially damaging the hearing of every single person and that that's paying to see this show or this movie because the movies are insane too. Movie, yeah. I, I, I mean, as much as I want to support certain movie theaters, yeah. I'm a little shy to like, I, I, I haven't gone and seen any of those big movies in the past couple of years because I'm like, oh, they, they aren't, they technically are too loud. They can sometimes push a hundred decibels. Yeah, eighty five is yeah, about it's, where it's you. Wanna, stupid. I mean, we can put it on them, but that's going to be, a, I mean, like an audience clapping can be too much. So are you going to tell them to, you know, so I've been trying to get into stand up lately, just, just going to shows and, you know, toying with the idea of me throwing some of my anxiety on a microphone and I wear my earplugs to a stand up comedy event, you yeah. know, so that that's probably going to be a slower thing. I I think that if we get, it's it's kind of funny, but they use the the word consumer in the tinnitus world as like the people who are living with tinnitus are the consumers. Uh, that's a term I've heard. It's not ubiquitous. It's not like everyone uses it. But from the consumer side, we need to start making some adjustments and. I think it's reasonable to start with making hearing protection and uh, information, knowledge surrounding protecting our ears 
uh, that much more important. Uh, so I, I think that's a big first step. And I, I agree. Like, I, yeah, I know if I had grown up and there was a, a person came on the mic before I saw Deftones in Halloween 1999 or whatever, uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, if someone came up on stage and was like, hey, everyone, this band's going to get really fucking loud and you can get hurt. <laughs> You know, I, but but even so, this is a part I've grappled with is telling someone that they're going to hurt themselves. It almost ensures that they're going to do it. Like, you know, if yeah. if my parents, I had countless people told me that I needed to watch out and protect my hearing. And I would think, whatever, Square, you're not me, <laughs> you know. And, and then you see one bad influence you know, I, I, in my case, seeing Angus Young or Jimi Hendrix, that those guys were, and you know, in the case of Angus, still super loud. Jimi yeah. Hendrix, I, I just barely started to do a deep dive into exactly how loud he was, but those were, you know, like the knowledge of how rock and Jimi Hendrix or Angus Young is they, that doesn't come along with a disclaimer like. Yo, these guys were awesome, but their their ears were fucked. Yeah, you know, like they probably have. Well, not Jimmy, but um. <laughs> I, I, there are some weird rumors that I've read in some forums. Who knows? He died at twenty seven. I don't know how loud his tinnitus could have possibly been. Angus Young, I, I've lurked around interviews, and he says his hearing is just fine. <laughs> I, I I don't know how much I'd believe that. Brian Johnson, the the singer for ACDC, famously had to sit out a tour. That's the one that Axel filled in because his doctors warned that he risked total hearing loss. Oh, my God. But in interviews since then, he said that it wasn't because of the band. He said it was because he was racing his souped-up race cars without earring. Uh, hear, hearing protection and that he said one day while he was driving he felt his ears like explode or something oh but yeah we need to I, I think it's really important that um, people hear not stories of people saying protect your ears or your ears are going to get fucked up I think they need to hear people saying I I lived this mistake and I, I really regret it. And, yeah. and, you know, if we can sprinkle a little humor in it and not just play the, the sad, lonely piano music behind <laughs> it and everything, yeah. you know, hopefully um, the message will get a little further. I'm, I'm attempting to address this with a, like a little bit of humor and everything because as dark as it has been for me, it's been really illuminating and in a strange way, comforting to learn that I'm not alone in all yeah. of this. And that's a big part of what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, good luck. I'm glad you're doing it. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, Matt. Or Matthew. Either one is fine. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> thanks so much for coming and, and being my first guest here. Oh, right on, man. All that's right. so cool. I'm the first. I didn't realize. Awesome. Awesome. Pleasure. Cool. Later.